Hey, how's everyone doing? Welcome to our fifth weekly news roundup. Obviously, it's been a little bit since we did this, probably a couple months at this point. Um, You know, a lot of stuff going on, but I figured now's a a good time to get back into it. Um, Yeah, beautiful day out here. Uh, Sunday afternoon, Northern California. Weather's probably mid-80s. Uh, It's awesome, finally starting to get warm, even though it's supposedly been spring for two months at this point, finally starting to see warm weather. So, you know, with everything going on, if you you could get outside for a little bit, enjoy the weather, then, you know, why not take advantage of it? Um, That being said, a couple things going on since our last podcast before we get into it. Uh, First off being this podcast is sponsored by the Mission Essential Gear Company. Well, who's Mission Essential Gear Company? Well, they got, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. veteran-owned company. All the guys are uh, Marine infantry dudes. Um, they got a lot of stuff. T-shirts, silkies, you know, if you're a veteran, you know what those are. Uh, you know, hats, uh, flags. They got stuff from BDS, tactical gear. So they got the plate carriers, uh, tactical, you know, the fanny packs, Uh belts you know war belts they got mag pouches gps pouches shoulder pads that kind of stuff and then they also got i think they're pronounced duels maybe i'm pronouncing that wrong i don't know but it's it's basically a a field manual right if you're in the military you've seen one right so they got basic marine module uh 19 delta recon smart book for uh you know the army's calf scouts um, they got artillery guides, uh, radio guides, 117 Golf, 117 Fox, um, you know, stuff for recon dudes, uh, stuff for army rangers. They got a ton of, ton of tools on here. Again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but whatever. What is my relationship with uh, Mission Essential Gear Company? Well, that brings me to uh, my second point with what's going on. So I came came on to him uh, probably about a year ago through one of my friends, actually, one of my friends from the Marine Corps knows the owner, and uh, he turned me on to, like, these uh, red tiger camo, uh, like, silkies. Dude, those look awesome, so I got them, right? Didn't know the owner of the company, anything, but uh, I I ended up getting to know uh, the owner a little bit, you know, talking to him. He's actually helped me a lot uh, over on the Instagram, just kind of putting us out there, you know, that kind of stuff. And then actually my buddy that I met the owner through actually was brought onto the company a couple days ago as their social media manager. So it's, it's awesome. You know, I know them. They're, they're good dudes. They're really good guys. Uh, gear is affordable, of course. You know, I'm a cheapskate, so I wouldn't be buying it if it wasn't affordable. Um, yeah, I know. Just really, really great guys. They uh, came up to me, I want to say a couple weeks ago, and basically offered me a chance to bring... Um, what we're doing here over on the podcast and on Twitter and Instagram to their website, which is stayready.me. That's a mission essential website, get all their stuff. And we have a little blog on there. So it's awesome, right? They're, uh, helping us kind of bring this to a wider audience. And I, I really appreciate it, you know, and of course, uh, we'll get them some customers as well. Right. But yeah, that's all, all we really got going on. So I guess let's get into the podcast here. All right, so we'll start this off with some uh, COVID-19 numbers and news real quick. 
I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing about this. Trust me, I'm tired of covering it, but it's in the news and it's got to be done. And these are all worldwide uh, numbers, by the way. Week began with 2,390,000 cases, 165,000 deaths, 611,000 people recovered. Week ended with 2 million nine hundred thousand cases two hundred and two thousand deaths and eight hundred and seventeen thousand people recovered protests are starting to break out uh, across the world but they're really gaining attention in europe and cities like berlin paris and vladikavkaz in russia uh, i think that's sort of in the north caucus region of russia not a hundred percent on that um, but protests are gaining attention in the U.S. as well, in states like Michigan, California, Wisconsin, and other places. Uh, and this is going to be a trend. You know, it's, it's inevitable. And this is not an argument for or against lockdown procedures. But if you keep people cooped up in their homes long enough, they're going to get agitated and they're going to protest. It's only natural, especially uh, in democratic societies, uh, so to speak, where you really aren't afraid to protest, you know, that's, it's going to happen and it's going to continue. But with that being said, we'll move on to North America and I'm sure I'm going to pronounce the mispronounces, but on the 19th in the town of Porta Piquet, Nova Scotia, Canada, a man began a shooting spree after a supposed domestic incident with his girlfriend. Um, and I'm not going to name this dude, but this guy was dressed in an authentic RCMP uniform, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, otherwise known as the Mounties. And he, uh, I guess, cloned an RCMP vehicle. So whatever, he got a, a truck or something and did a bunch of decals to it and stuff to make it look legit. And after, after the shooting was done, said and done and everything, the police said this thing, his uniform was authentic. They have no idea where he got it from. And the vehicle looked legit, too, even though it wasn't. He had just cloned it himself. But uh, And by the way, this guy was not an officer himself. I'll make that clear. But this incident ended after a 13-hour pursuit 57 miles away from where it began when the shooter pulled into a gas station in the town of Enfield. An RCMP officer that was already at the station filling up recognized the shooter and they got into a firefight and the officer killed him on the scene. The incident left 23 dead in total. Those numbers could go up because I think people might still be in the hospital. Um, but in that death toll is the shooter, of course, and then an RCMP officer uh, who responded to the scene early on in the incident and she was uh, I believe she was a 20-year veteran of the force I think and she's a mother as well so you know our prayers are going out to uh, everyone that was involved uh, or affected by that incident in some way um, you know awful worst mass shooting in Canadian history and police in the area are under scrutiny because they supposedly didn't use the nation's emergency alert system, which is called Alert Ready, to notify residents in the area of the shooting. You know, so people uh, could have been caught in the crossfire, I guess, without even really know what was going on. But we'll move on uh, to the next day on the 20th. Crude oil prices in the U.S. dropped to a record negative $37.63 per barrel. They've since gone up a little bit since then, but uh, I mean, they're still not doing good, right? And of course, this is due to the virus and reactions to it. You know, demand is going down. Um, 
excuse me, across the globe. And yeah, this price war between uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia to, you know, major OPEC nations. And it's, of course, affecting us as well. Thousands of jobs in the U.S. are in jeopardy because of the uh, drop in price, the lack of demand for oil. And we'll move on to Asia. On the 14th, again, 14th was a busy day, so that's like where a majority of our reports are coming from. But Vietnam condemned the People's Republic of China's decision to set up administrative units in the Paracel and Spratly island chains. Now, both those island chains are disputed by uh, multiple countries, actually. But this incident is involving China and Vietnam. So China set up administrative government on these islands, which is seen as a big move. Vietnam sees it as a violation of their sovereignty. Um, and if you want more information on that, we put out an article on stayreadyme.com. Again, that's Mission Essentials website where our blog is at. Check it out. Uh, let me know what you think of the article. Any feedback is appreciated. We'll move on to the 20th again. Reports started coming in about uh, Kim Jong-un's health being in jeopardy. He is, of course, the supreme leader, the third supreme leader of North Korea. And uh, reports are still coming in today of, uh, you know, his health being in jeopardy. Some are saying that he's in a vegetative state, and other reports are saying that he's dead. Um, and this is after he had heart surgery last week. Um, but... At this point, nobody knows exactly what's going on. It's incredibly hard to verify information coming out of North Korea that the government does not want verified. Um, but we put out an article on that as well. Again, stayreadyme.com. Read it. Let me know what you think. Feedback is appreciated. Moving on to the next day, 21st. A driver with the World Health Organization was killed in the state of Rakhine in um, Myanmar, and that is uh, formerly known as Burna, Burma, right? A lot of people, you know, still call it both Myanmar, Burma, same thing. Um, but this guy was killed after his United Nations marked vehicle was hit by gunfire. Both the Myanmar army and the Arakan army, uh, who have been fighting amongst each other in the area for years, deny responsibility. And at this time, we really have no idea who did it. Um, but you know, that's that's sad. Uh, prayers go out to that guy's family, of course, because um, he was just caught in the crossfire. He was in the area, I guess, collecting COVID-19 samples. So, you know, like I had nothing to do with the fighting going on. So that's just really, really sad. We'll move on to the Middle East on the 19th again. Iran announced increased patrols in the Persian Gulf in response to last week's confrontation with the U.S. ships. Iran says an error in calculation on the part of a foreign vessel will be met with a decisive response. If you want information on what exactly happened between uh, U.S. and Iranian ships in the area, you could go ahead and check out our article, uh, stayready.me.com. Again, let me know what you think. Hope you guys appreciate the article. Um, and on the 22nd, Iran supposedly launched its first military satellite after at least three failed attempts within the past year. Uh, they didn't give any proof as to um, the success of that launch. And I, I think that's important because they failed three times. So they weren't able to provide any proof. And I guess independent um, 
organizations, I guess, weren't able to uh, really verify the claims either. So maybe they did, maybe they didn't, who knows. But on that same day, on the 22nd, President Trump said he gave the uh, Navy authorization to use deadly force on any Iranian ships that harassed U.S. ships uh, in the area in international waters. And again, we have an article on that, and that is in relation to uh, the confrontation that happened last week. And with that being said, we will move on to a quick break, and we'll be back with what's going on in Africa. All right, and we're back, moving on to Africa. On the 19th of this month, armed gangs attacked multiple villages in the Nigerian state of Kachina, killing 47 people. Reports say that around 300 armed men attacked the villages, demanding money and materials given to the villagers as part of the Nigerian government's COVID-19 relief. Members of the Nigerian police, army, air force, civil defense, and the Department of State Services were deployed to the scene, but they were too late. The president of the Association of Industrial Security and Safety Operators of Nigeria, Dr. Ona Ikumu, blamed the state security officials for lapses in security, which, of course, gave... uh, these armed gangs, window of opportunity, if you will, to go ahead and attack these villages. Also on the 19th, again, last Sunday, for whatever reason, was a busy day around the world. Turkish-backed government of National Accord forces captured the Libyan National Army stronghold of Tarhorna, southeast of the Libyan capital of Tripoli. At least 10 LNA soldiers were killed and dozens were captured after their camp was overrun by GNA forces. The UN-recognized Turkish-backed GNA has been defending northwestern Libya against Field Marshal Khalifa Haftar's LNA for over a year at this point. Turkey officially got involved in the conflict this year on the 5th of January when they began to deploy Turkish troops and mercenaries from the Syrian National Army in support of the GNA defense. Turkey is suspected of supporting the GNA before January 2020. However, stuff like arms, drones, um, and manpower. And yes, you did hear that right. Turkey is sending soldiers from the Syrian National Army, which is formerly known as the Free Syrian Army, from the Syrian Civil War to Libya to fight on Turkey's behalf. So uh, think of that what you will. Moving on to the 24th, members of the Democratic Forces for the Liberation of Rwanda, uh, their French acronym is the FDLR, attacked the Varonga National Park in the Democratic Republic of Congo. The group has been active since at least the year 2000. It's an ethnic Hutu group that is opposed to Tutsi influence in both Rwanda and uh, the Eastern Democratic Republic of the Congo. The group is thought to be manned with some of the last uh, perpetrators of the Rwandan genocide. The attack left 17 people dead. That includes 12 park rangers, one driver, and four civilians. 
moving on to Europe, and we'll finish up here. On the 21st, the Spanish National Police Corps arrested former rapper and ISIS fighter Abdel Mahed Abdel Bari and two other men after raiding their apartment in the city of Almeria. Abdel Bari is suspected of being a member of the cell known as the Beatles. The cell of British-born ISIS fighters are responsible for beheading Western hostages in Syria and, of course, other attacks. Abdel Bari is also the son of an Egyptian-born Al-Qaeda member who was convicted of involvement in the 1998 bombings of U.S. embassies in Africa that killed at least 224 people. And we'll finish up here with the 23rd. <laughs> 23rd, excuse me, I can't talk today. Two former Syrian Arab army officers are going on trial in Germany for war crimes committed in the Syrian civil war. These dudes are in Germany because they uh, claimed asylum, um, not claimed, applied for asylum uh, years ago, but these guys were identified. Germany has these weird privacy laws. They won't give people's last name, so it's only their first name and their last initial, but these guys were ID'd only as former Colonel Anwar R and his subordinate Ayed A, and they are both charged with facilitate, facilitating, again, excuse me, the murder and torture of dozens of prisoners. These are the first war crime trials to come out of the Syrian civil war, and it's interesting to see if uh, this will be a continuing tread, especially as the war is starting to die down a little bit. But that's all we got for this week. I uh, really appreciate you guys listening. Check us out, Instagram and Twitter, at Analyze Educate. That's for both handles. Of course, check out our blog on Stay Ready ME. Check out some of their products. Again, good stuff. BDS Tactical Gear. Shirts, silkies, um, you know, tools, tools, however it's pronounced, sorry. Um, you know, all, all that good stuff. Really appreciate the support from everyone. Um, you know, like, uh, share, subscribe, rate, if that's something you could do. This podcast can be found on a lot of places. We're on, of course, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Breaker um, and, and a few others. Um, but, yeah, really appreciate all the support for you guys, and we'll see you next time.